What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm Shelly Metling, and I've been sharing my infertility journey openly on YouTube for about a year now. With four losses ourselves and one rainbow baby on the way, I wanted a platform for you babes to share your stories. So girl, sit back, get ready to relate, laugh, and cry, because we are about to get real on the ins and outs of pregnancy loss in the 21st century. We have Jessie Lee sitting on the show today. How are you, Jess? I'm good. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. So you, we met on Instagram. You had reached out to me not that long ago. It was like in January, I believe. maybe January or December, like very recently. Yeah, and you were just one of those girls out on the internet world that just can relate and totally get everything that I've gone through. So we connected on that, and I asked you if you wanted to jump on the podcast, and you are officially ready, and I'm so excited. How are you feeling? I'm nervous, but excited. And I know no one can see this, but my dog is sitting on my lap, and that's making me very happy and relaxed. (laughs) Yeah, it's calming. (laughs) Emotional support animal. Um, So is this your first time ever sharing, like, publicly? Yeah, publicly. Like, I actually haven't been – like, of course, all my friends and family know, but I actually haven't been shared on social media. Like, I haven't felt ready, and I feel like I put a lot of pressure on myself to not share until I was pregnant again and we knew it was healthy. And I just was like, why? Like, yeah, I think it's going to be therapeutic to share it now. I'm not pregnant right now. Um, so I'm ready to share. <laughs> yeah, that's so awesome. I think that's super common, like for people to want to wait to share until, you know, they kind of have that like happy ending right. or like that happy story. But I think that it's so cool that you're jumping in and you're sharing right away because that's what's really powerful and that's vulnerability and people are going to relate to that. So that's what this is all about. You have had two losses yourself, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So if you just want to kind of start from the beginning and fill us in on everything. Sure. Um. So my husband, David and I have been married for, it'll be three years in July. And we are planners, like annoying planners, like to the day, everything. So um, we bought our house before we were actually married, got married in Maui and wanted to wait a couple of years to actually start a family. So in July of 2018, so July of last year, we were like, you know what, let's start trying. So we actually had an anniversary trip back to Maui and started trying there and actually got my period in Maui. So we're like, okay, like we obviously weren't really tracking ovulation or anything. We're just for like that first cycle is like totally up in the air too. Like you don't know. Yeah, sure. (laughs) Like we were like, I guess we'll start trying in Maui because like we thought that was romantic, like where we got married. Um, But obviously that didn't work. So we just started trying after then, and then in August we were more serious about like tracking ovulation, and actually got pregnant in September. So we got pregnant relatively quickly and lost it very quickly also. So that is exactly like my first pregnancy too. It was like August and then September and lost it really quickly. Yeah. So we got a positive test on September 23rd and I'll never forget because I had this huge plan of like how I was going to share it with him and it was a Sunday. So we were both home and he was like folding laundry and I peed on a stick (laughs) And I, like, my whole plan went out the door. I just, like, ran in the laundry room, like, ah, 
<laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> you think you're going to have like some sort of creative way to tell them. And then you're like, ah, look at <laughs> it went out the door. Like I had such a cute idea, but it, you know, whatever. So we were so excited and honestly, so naive. Like I didn't think anything would happen to us. And this will be the first grandchild for both sides of our family. So that's a big deal too. So we told our families the same day, like got the positive test. Literally my parents live like a block away. So we drove over there, told them my mom ugly cried for like an hour. (laughs) And like, she's so excited. She's wanted to be a grandma since like me and David were dating. (laughs) No joke. She would tell us like, if you guys have an accident, like it's totally fine. (laughs) Oh my God. Um, so then we drove to David's parents' house, told him everyone's all excited, and uh, went to the doctor that week. They confirmed it, and then literally, like, a day after my doctor's appointment, I started spotting. So I called the doctor, and, you know, what they always say, oh, it could be normal, could be bad. So, like, cool, I have no answer. Um, so the bleeding got heavier. I went back in for, like, a second HCG test. The first one was low, but they're like, you know, it's early. Let's see if it doubles. It didn't double. So luckily I found out on a Friday because like there was no way I could go to work. And we had that weekend to like be together and grieve. And yeah, yeah exactly. <clears throat> um, and I actually have a negative blood type. So I'm a negative. So that means when you miscarry, you have to have a Rogam shot. And so we went to the doctor right away after that to get the Rogam shot, which just sucks. Like, it is not fun to go back to the doctor's office where everyone's, like, happy and pregnant. And you're like, I'm here because I miscarried and I need a shot. So Mm -hmm. here you again. Um, Sitting in the waiting room, like, you know, watching everybody come in for their their weekly appointments or biweekly appointments. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, it was really hard. Um, Luckily, they got me, like, in and out pretty fast. Um, but yeah, that really wasn't fun. So how did your family handle that? Or how did you then tell your family? Oh, it was so hard. Like my mom bought stuff within, I mean, I was, I really knew I was pregnant for like a week. (laughs) Um, and she bought baby books and like literally immediately after we told her. So she was like already in grandma mode where my mother-in-law Um, is a nurse and I don't think she thought like something was going to happen but she knew the statistics so I feel like she was kind of more playing it safe which I appreciate um so yeah they I mean my mom took it so hard she was actually in denial which made it even oh I yes I had that too with my mom oh it was rough Mm -hmm. she was like well maybe and it's like no we just need to be real about this because I can't do that to my head. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And she, I feel like she was trying to be supportive, but she was trying to be so hopeful because Mm -hmm. when the doctor said my HCG was dropping, I was still just spotting. And she was like, people spot, like you haven't had bright red blood, have you? I'm like, no, not really. It's just like pink, you know? And she really didn't believe it until I had like the full on red blood and stuff. So yeah, hard because I know she was just trying to be positive, but yeah needed everyone to be like okay this is happening let's like heal let's be there but she wasn't even like her mind wasn't even there yet and I think that's really normal yeah for For sure for moms you know what I mean like because number one they're 
that's their grandchild. Like they are grandparents the same way that we feel like we are moms the second, you know, we're pregnant and they're the mom to you. So it's like, it's almost like double for them. Well, and I'm the only child. So I feel like she, you know, we just have like a different bond because it's just, I'm the only one. So, yeah. Uh, So that was really hard. Um, And I didn't know the statistics. Like, I had absolutely no idea how common it was. Mm -hmm. Like, I had no idea one in four. Like, all these things, I just, I felt so naive. But honestly, I felt, like, from the get-go that something wasn't right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, I'm a big crier, like, super emotional. And when we told some of our friends, because, like, literally, literally, we told everybody. (laughs) Like, we didn't, we were so excited. We told We did, too. Oh my gosh, like yeah. So naive. And then uh, to have to and then to have to be like, never mind. Like that really that adds the worst to part. it. Yeah. That was so hard. I mean, my husband did that because mm-hmm. I couldn't handle it. like he called everybody, he texted everybody. Cause I just I couldn't. Like I I mean, I guess I was in denial too. Like you don't want to believe like that's happening. Yeah. Were your friends supportive? Yeah, they were so supportive. I think a lot of them were like like shocked and it was Mm -hmm. it was so fast so like you know you have this like huge like roller coaster of high 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 and then low 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 in Mm -hmm. such a short amount of time but they they were really supportive um but I really didn't have any close friends that have been through miscarriage like it was one of my really close friends her sisters have had miscarriages so you know they were like oh you can reach out to them and I just I felt like in that time, I just wanted to be alone, mm-hmm. which is weird for me. I'm like super social. I love being around people, but at that time, I just needed like me time and me and husband, me and my husband time. Yeah, me and me and my dog time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so that was the first one. Um, and you know, our doctors were like, "You can try again." Like, I would wait until you have an actual period. And oh, that was one thing too. Like I remember when I went in for my Rogam shot, um, I was like actually bleeding at that point. And she was like, yeah, you know, I was asking her, when can we try again? And she said, oh, after you have your period. And I was like, oh, well, I'm on my period right now. And she like stopped and she was like, no, you're not. Right now you're miscarrying. And I was like, stunned. Like, wait, what? Like it was a reminder, like, oh, wait, this is actually happening. Yeah. <laughs> it was crazy. Totally. And it's crazy how every doctor is different with that. Um, Like some doctors are like, wait, you know, one more cycle. Some doctors are like, wait, three more cycles. Some doctors are like, whenever you're mentally ready and your HCG is down. Like, it's just crazy that there's no real answer to like when to start trying again. Because I get that question a lot from people like on Instagram. And I'm like, well, I mean, you definitely need to talk to your doctor about it. But everyone's different. Yeah, that was confusing because, I mean, you know, when this happened, you turned to Dr. Google. Oh, for sure. (laughs) And nothing matches. All of the answers are all over the board. So you're like, Mm -hmm. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. Um, But luckily, my doctor's office was so supportive. Um, My my actual OB is a male and is all of his staff are females. And they just were they just loved on us so hard and they were so sweet and we really needed that. So very thankful to that doctor's office. Cause I know some women, I don't know, get treated like it wasn't a big deal or like yeah. kind of brushed aside. And I, I couldn't have handled that. So I'm on my third doctor. <laughs> you have to hop around. When yeah. 
I mean, I got lucky the first time, but I get it. Like, if I wasn't happy, I would have been, like, on to the next. Like, this Mm -hmm. is too personal to not have that connection with your doctor. Mm -hmm. For sure. So how long did it take you guys then to get pregnant the second time? The next cycle. Pregnant. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. So I got pregnant. It took me a while to get my period. It, It took me, like, almost four and a half weeks, which I guess isn't that long. But like some women I hear get their period like a week later. Yeah, that's another question that I get quite often, actually, is like, hey, when did you get your period back? And I think that's another thing. It's like so different for everyone. I think all of my losses were like four, four to five weeks. Yeah, same. We're kind of in that in that range of when I got it back. Yeah, so that was frustrating, like that waiting period, because you're like, oh, I just I was immediately ready to try again. Especially because so many people told us, like, oh, you know, one happened. Like, unfortunately, that's really common. And, like, the odds of it happening again are, like, slim to none. Mm -hmm. So we were like, oh, that was, like, that was awful. But, like, our next pregnancy is going to be the one. And it wasn't. So we got pregnant. And we found out um, right after Thanksgiving. So on November 25th, we got another positive test. And we kept it way more hush-hush. Um, I was going to say, how are your emotions this time versus the first time? Like, I just, uh, it just steals the fun out of it. It sucks. And mm-hmm. um, I remember I got a test and, you know, last time I ran into the laundry room screaming and crying. And this time I, my husband was still sleeping. Um, I think I took it at like six in the morning. It was like Sunday, oddly enough, another Sunday. Um, and I like woke him up and said... I'm pregnant and we were like kissed and we both went back to bed like I just I didn't cry I I was excited but I was just very scared mm-hmm. um so it was more of like okay like I acknowledged it and then was like over it yeah <laughs> like, okay here we go again um so I actually we both decided not to tell our parents until maybe eight weeks like after we had had an ultrasound like had heard the heartbeat so we decided it actually fell on Christmas. So we're like, okay, we'll tell everyone on Christmas. It'll be so fun. Um, and I had like a fun way to tell everybody. I bought everyone like matching pajamas. And then we had like a matching baby onesie to, for them to open to. And sucks because like I said, I'm a planner. And then when you make plans and it doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> and then you have that. Yeah, totally. So, um, so it was going well. I actually made it slightly further. Um, not much further, but a couple of days further. Um, and this time around I was on aspirin and progesterone. Oh, so they put you on that right away. They did. Yeah. They were, they were pretty aggressive from the get go. Like my progesterone actually wasn't that low, but they're like, you know what? It won't hurt. Um, so just take it and aspirin won't hurt either. So I was actually on both of those like right after ovulation. Okay. So I was happy. I'm like, we are doing something different. Um, and like a couple of weird things happened. So our due date was August 7th. And that was so crazy because my husband and I are two days apart. So his birthday is August 6th and my birthday is August 8th. So our due, our baby's due date was the day in between our birthdays. Oh, how weird. Right. We're just like, oh my gosh, that's gotta be a sign. Like, yeah. I don't know. And then this is like also kind of weird, but my mom had a dream that our baby was an August baby. And I don't know, I, that, that didn't really mean anything to me. I was like, whatever. But after the first miscarriage, I'm like, oh, like that's, I don't know, maybe another 
good sign. Like, ah, it just, it felt better. Mm -hmm. And got my CG checked the first time and it was higher than our first miscarriage. So I was already like, yes, like things are looking good. Yeah. I just felt better about it. And I think I told maybe like two or three girlfriends because like I had to tell someone. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But we didn't tell my parents or David's parents. So we go. Was that more for your guys' sake or was it more to like protect them? I think both because my mom was upset. I told her, I was like, please don't ask me if I'm pregnant. Like, please don't ask me if I've had my period because I know she would like try to calculate. (laughs) Yeah. You must be seven weeks pregnant now or, you know. Um, I just was like, please give us like grace during this time. Like, I know it was such a roller coaster for everybody. So I just, wouldn't you guys rather know when we know it's healthy? Like if we miscarry again, we're going to tell you, but I'd rather say, Hey, it happened again versus you have that super excitement and super low again. Mm -hmm. Like why? Like, let us deal with that. Yeah. Like I was trying, I guess I was trying to protect them. And us, like, it really hurt to tell people, like, yeah, we're not pregnant. And, like, some people were confused because it happened so fast. Like, someone asked us, like, so was Jess not pregnant? And I just, like, oh, like, I know they do. Oh, no, nobody, nobody means anything, like, with harm when they say those sort of things. But they happen often. Yeah. And it was, like, I was, like. And I know you've talked about this, like the chemical pregnancy. Um, I'm very happy that none of my doctors referred to it as that because, yeah, like they're just early miscarriages, which if you look up the definition of chemical pregnancy, it says an early miscarriage. Mm-hmm. So it's the same thing. Like whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it, pregnancy loss, miscarriage, chemical Chemical pregnancy, pregnancy sounds like you weren't actually pregnant. Yeah. It and like, like when you get that positive pregnancy test, you're pregnant. You're going to be a mom. You start thinking about it, planning it. Like even my husband, when he heard the doctor say chemical pregnancy, he was like, so you weren't really pregnant. And I was like, oh God, not you, not you. (laughs) Don't, don't. For sure. That's what it sounds like. Like, oh, like you were imagining it. And it was like a chemical, like it was just uh, your body was playing a trick on you type of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't feel like that terminology either. Um, though I am grateful that they happened early. Like we never knew mm-hmm. the gender, like we hadn't done the nursery. Like I, there wasn't too much that, investment meant yeah, like as sure. if you were further along and physically, like, because losing a baby later in the pregnancy just physically is more challenging. Um, men- mentally, I think both are very challenging, but physically, I would yeah. think at least it would be a little bit more traumatizing later I think you're absolutely right like I you're in the same boat like I never had to get a DNC yeah and I'm so thankful like for those who've had to go through that I just am so sorry like Mm -hmm. that's awful like it was hard enough for me to go into the doctors to get my rogam shot and be around pregnant women I couldn't imagine after going going in for like an actual procedure so yeah for sure so okay where were we (laughs) um I think I had asked you why you hadn't told your parents. Oh, right. um, okay. So the second, second yep. one, didn't tell anybody. Um, yeah, protection for mm-hmm. the both of us. Yep. So the first HCG draw looked good. Second one went down, like, drastically. And I just was like, I don't understand. Like, I still felt pregnant where the first time, like, I felt like my symptoms went away. And I was like, oh, this isn't good. My first one, I had really bad back pain and I was spotting. So this time I was like, I don't understand. Like I, 
I feel like everything is better. And I remember, um, we, like I went to the bathroom. This is before my HCG had dropped and I had like the tiniest bit, like a speck of like brown. And I was like overanalyzing it. Like, is that even anything or what? And like my husband, I called my husband. I was like, you need to look at this right now. (laughs) (laughs) And he was like, I don't, I don't know. And I was like, go get a pregnancy test right now. And I took one and it was like, and I just was like, oh my God, we, I I cried for like hours. Mm -hmm. I was like, I can't believe this is happening again. And we had talked after the first one and said, okay, if this happens again, like we're not going through a third, like we're going to stomp into our doctor's office and be like, you better (laughs) order the test for us, you know, because I had read that there, again, this is like whatever different literature you read, some people refer to recurrent miscarriages as three and then some are two. So some doctors recognize different definitions. So after the second, we went in again for my Rogam shot and my doctor immediately was like, all right, so I'm going to send you for blood testing. And me and David looked at each other like, oh, thank God. Like, yeah, I have to like argue with you. (laughs) Yeah, that's so nice. Like, that's so nice to just to just feel like someone's taking you seriously, to be honest. Like, that's all you really need is like that little glimpse of hope that somebody's actually trying to figure it out. Totally. I mean, if something is actually wrong, why do you need to go through a third to like figure that out? Especially mm-hmm. with something as easy as a blood test. Like, yeah, they didn't do sperm analysis. They didn't do any tests on like my uterus or ovaries. It was just a blood test. We're so, like, that's a great place to start. Like, that sounds good. Um, so they did blood tests on me and David, and they did one tube of blood on my husband. Uh huh. Sixteen <laughs> tubes <laughs> on me. I remember that day that we did that too. And I was like, really? (laughs) It was so funny. I remember like sitting in the chair, like she hadn't even drawn my blood yet. She just was like printing the labels and it was like, and there was like literally like a CVS receipt roll. And I was like, um, are those all for me? And she's like, "Mm mm-hmm. She's like, this is like the biggest blood job I've ever done. And I was like, oh, cool. (laughs) That's like awesome. (laughs) Um, And they warned us that would take a long time to come back. So we're like, okay, this was like maybe like middle, middle to early December. Did they ask you to like hold off from trying while waiting for the results? Yeah. Yeah. And that was something me and my husband decided too, because we're like, why would we, like, if something is wrong, like, I don't want to have to go through this again. So yeah, yeah, we stopped trying during December and kind of told ourselves like, we're probably not going to hear anything until the new year. And mm. we just like put it to rest. It would, I mean, I tried. <laughs> you say, okay, and let's not think about it. And then it's what you think about like every second of every minute of every day. Yeah. Um, and I'll never forget. So like a week later, I got a call and I was in the line at Chick-fil-A. Do you know what, do you guys have that? Yeah. So I'm in the line at Chick-fil-A and I get a call from my doctor's office and I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to answer. But like Chick-fil-A is so fast. Like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I answer and you know, all the girls know me because I've literally been to the doctor's office like 15 times in 2018 for all of these weird little things. And he's like, so we found something wrong with your blood work. And I was like, yes, <laughs> I was like screaming so excited and she was such like, a weird thing to be excited for yeah. right like yes there's something wrong right. I was <laughs> like gosh you must think I'm like the weirdest person I was like I'm just 
she didn't even tell me what it was. I'm like, God, I hope it's something we can fix. But I'm just like freaking out, like, because we just wanted an answer. Like, that was something I was actually praying for. Like, God, like, please let there be a reason that this is happening. And I got diagnosed with a blood clotting disorder. And it's called Factor V Leiden. And it's like a genetic mutation. And so basically, it means like you clot more than the average person. And when you're either on like the birth control pill or pregnant, you're like eight times more likely to clot. So than the average person and a person without that mutation. So what they think is like every time the placenta is being created, that all these tiny little clots block the flow of nutrients from me to the baby. And that's why all of them are, have been like relatively early miscarriages. So I'm like, okay, like I can wrap my head around that. Like we have, I don't know, like an, a reason hopefully as to why this is happening and they treat it with a blood thinner called Lovenox, um, which is like an injection blood thinner, which I called Lovenox for literally a month. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, it's Lovenox? Oh, my bad. Um, so, yeah. So we have um, the Lovenox here at my house ready to go whenever we get a positive test. And I think the hardest part about it is like no doctor is going to say with 100% confidence that that's going to fix it. They're like, mm-hmm. you know, it could have been bad luck. It could have been chromosomal. It could have been something sp- we haven't even found yet. Yeah. Right. Which mm-hmm. is, is scary. Um, I went to the hematologist. So they referred me there after getting the blood work um, and the, the diagnosis. And we saw their nurse practitioner and she was like, so bubbly and like hopeful. Like, oh my gosh, with Lovenox, you'll have a... 90% chance of a successful pregnancy. And we're like, 90%? Like, ooh, that's good. Like, all right. And then the doctor came in, and I feel like they were playing, like, good cop, bad cop. <laughs> um, and he was, like, a little bit more serious and was like, you know, normally with someone with this, like, I wouldn't prescribe Lovenox. And I was like, why? Like, because then I'm like, oh, gosh, is this not going to work? And he was like, well, I don't see, like, we only – prescribe it if you have a history of blood clots and I was like oh my god I do so this is crazy so after college um I just was like at the beach and I had the weirdest thing like I I basically had a mini stroke and like half of my face drooped the other half was like pulling back and I was like what is going on and ironically enough at the time I worked at the ER so I texted a picture of my face to an ER doctor and was like what is happening? And he was like, go to the ER right now. And they ended up finding two small blood clots in my brain. So luckily, like it went away. I wasn't affected. Like some people who have that have like face paralysis and Mm. like disabilities after and I wasn't affected. So I just think like, wow, like all of this, I hope happened to potentially like save. I don't know, like, I feel like it's dramatic to say like, save my life. But a lot of the time when people are diagnosed with this, like they don't know they have it until they have a stroke or until they have something that can like really hinder their life. So. Do so, you have to take, do you have to take anything like on a regular for that? Just baby aspirin, which is, okay. I mean, that's so easy. So yeah, I'll be on Lovenox, um my whole pregnancy 
except for like I'll have to be induced because you can't go into labor on Lovenox. Like it's, okay. it's too dangerous because your blood's so thin. So I'll I'll have like an induced state that's probably early, like probably like 36 weeks or something, 37. Um, so I don't go into natural labor and I'll stop taking the Lovenox and then six weeks, like after birth to six weeks, I'll be on it again. Okay. Um, and then after that, for the rest of my life, just aspirin, which is so easy. Like, yeah. So is that like a, like a daily shot, weekly shot, monthly? Like what is, what is it? It's a daily shot. It Um, is. mm -hmm. (laughs) So I just, it's just crazy. You think like, wow, I never thought getting pregnant and like bringing a baby into the world would be such a challenge. Like, right. And honestly, I told my doctor, cause they were like, you know, it's kind of a lot, it's like a daily shot. I'm like, I don't care. Like, like I'll do whatever. I'll walk <laughs> like... and nine months of pregnancy. If that means I'm going to bring a baby into this world. Like, exactly. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not like excited about getting an injection every day, but if that's what's going to help my body, I don't know, to have a healthy baby, I'll do it. And I think that's going to give you some peace of mind too, throughout your pregnancy. Like, obviously you don't know 100% if it's gonna be like the end all, you know, like that's what's gonna do it for you. But there is, there's something about having a game plan or like having that like next step. Absolutely. I love that you said that when we were chatting, like on Instagram, you're like, well, you have a new game plan. I'm like, oh, I do. Yeah, that feels good. Yeah. It's the only thing that really keeps you going, to be honest. Yeah. Like, because when you hit those roadblocks, it's tough. Yeah. It really is. So So are you guys currently, I mean, not to be like too personal, but are you currently trying? Yes. And we're actually in the two-week wait. Oh, gosh. Mm -hmm. The two-week wait. How do you get through the two-week wait? I'm just curious. Uh. Well, okay, this, I try to do something different this time. I try to do yoga every morning. I just feel like, I don't know, it's a way to, like, relieve stress yep. and kind of set my, like, daily intention for the day. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's been helping. And what I'm doing different that I would not recommend, but I'm testing earlier. And I'm doing that because... Of your shot. Yes, exactly. So I'm like, yes. oh, like, when I took my test last time, I think I was... 13 DPO, 13 days past ovulation. And it was like blazing positive. Like the lines were dark or like, you know, but like it wasn't like squint, a squinter. So I'd rather get a squinter and be like, I'm taking my shot today. And if it ends up being an indent or me over reading it, then I'd rather do that. And yeah, just stop taking the shot. So I completely understand that because I, well, I put my pregnancy tests, I took them on YouTube, so everyone was involved <laughs> with them, um, which was very interesting. But I wanted people to see the emotional side of it. And I remember people being like, why are you testing so early? And I was like, because I've had, you know, X amount of miscarriages and they put me on progesterone and I want to start taking this progesterone as soon as I possibly can. So there's totally. this, people don't understand but there's this whole new sense of like, like, I don't even know how to explain it. Well, it's like, urgency, like urgency to like, yeah, to start doing whatever you need to do to try to keep your baby. And ignorance is bliss. I totally get that. But I didn't want to be ignorant about this kind of thing. Like I was like, if I'm pregnant and I am going to lose it two days later, three days later, whatever, I want it documented because otherwise it doesn't get taken seriously. 
Like, well, if the doctors the- don't document it and they don't know that you went through a miscarriage and you're like, well, I think I miscarried, like, they're not going to take it as seriously as if they knew you were pregnant. And then, yeah. you know, that was my thought process. <laughs> no, it's so true. And especially for us when it's so early, I'm just like, oh, my gosh, like, I have to do whatever I can possibly do to make sure that doesn't that early loss doesn't happen again. Yeah. So, so I would never recommend like testing. Like I tested this morning. It's not easy. That's for sure. Yeah. Like I would never recommend testing at nine days past ovulation, but I did it. So so if you had any advice for any other women out there who are in a similar boat as you, what would it be? Um, oh gosh, I would say, I guess a couple, I've learned so much about myself and like the past six months have been quite a growing experience, but I would say like, you have to be your own advocate. Um, so of course don't like over Dr. Google because some things are just BS that are online, but do your homework, do your research. Like, like I, I'm not embarrassed that all of my doctors know me by name, (laughs) but like, I will call their office and be like, you know, like I see three doctors. Now I see my OB, a hematologist and a high risk doctor. And they all have to share notes. So after my appointments, I will call around and be like, have you sent your notes to so-and-so office? <laughs> like, oh, we just fax them. Like I, I, I've worked in healthcare and know that if you, if you don't do that, you can kind of get lost in the shuffle. Yeah. Um, so to be your own advocate, don't be mean, but you can like very. It's, so, it's like, okay to be that crazy person. Yeah. 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 I, I feel like you said this recently in one of your YouTube videos is like, um, uh, what did you say? And of course, now I'm like, I, I'm not even pregnant. The, I just have pregnancy. the dealing with the crazy. You like, you just, you do, you feel so nuts. Well, and oh, you said tell your doctor you're anxious. Yeah. Like, I think that's so wise. Like, I feel like when I am pregnant again, I'm very much going to say, like, I hope, hopefully they already kind of understand why, but this will be my third pregnancy. I have no living children. Like, I'm anxious. Mm-hmm. So. Like, if something is wrong, you need to tell me immediately. If something is looking good, you need to tell me. Like, I I just need, like, brutal honesty, I guess. Like, mm-hmm. and, I, and I need you to, like, answer my calls or call me back. Yeah. I think it's, like, the, qu- the quickness. I need you to be quick. Yeah. Like, I need you to – if I get a blood draw, I need to know as soon as possible. Don't wait days on me because I will have a panic attack. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So – that's a huge one like be your own advocate I feel like just also remember that everyone grieves differently and that's okay like that I feel like that's been like a theme on your podcast too is like for sure between me and my husband like I am so the emotional one and we both grieved very differently and there were sometimes I feel like we would butt heads because he wasn't grieving the way I was grieving which isn't fair and you just have to give them grace like I, I think I asked my husband, like, why aren't you, why aren't you feeling this the way I'm feeling this? Yeah. And he's like, because I'm trying to take care of you. And I was just like, oh, geez, like, I'm gonna cry. <laughs> like, yeah. okay, like, that's a really good reason. And like, I didn't realize that. And ask putting... that question too. Yeah. ask that question instead of just being like, upset about the fact that they're not grieving the same way as you, you know, like, ask, like, why understand it. It really does tell. It did because I then I felt like a jerk, <laughs> like oh gosh, he's been really putting me first and trying to make sure I'm okay, and that's why our grieving is different. And it's just different, anyways, because yeah. I'm a crier and he just 
would rather keep things to himself or I want to like talk it out and mm-hmm. use and listen but he doesn't that's I how I know. that's how we are too my husband and I um is there anything that you did that you felt like really changed the game when it came to like getting through everything and like keeping that hope going um I think finding a community that understands you is so important um like I feel like that's why I like I feel like podcasts like your podcast like certain videos of people who are going through what you're going through is so important and Mm -hmm. like find that like I listen to a couple of podcasts like I love your podcast obviously I've listened to one called Managing Miscarriage. I was on that. That was the first episode on that one. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's actually how I found about it, like, through you. Um, Because, like, my friends and family have been wonderful, but they – none of my close friends or family have experienced what I'm going through. Mm -hmm. So they can, you know, say, I'm here for you. I love you. You're going to have a baby one day. But But they can't relate. They can't. And and Mm – they don't have to. That that's okay. Mm-hmm. That that's why you find a community of people. And you don't want them to either. Exactly. Right? Like, yes, you that's don't why want like, them I'm to actually thankful. <laughs> yeah. I'm thankful that none of my friends have had to experience this because I wouldn't wish this upon anyone. Like it's yeah. the most devastating it's awful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um so find your community and I like I said, I found that through like Instagram. Like I feel like once you look for it. It's actually a lot of people do share their stories. Yeah. And so that's, I feel like it's really helpful to read success stories because that's what gives you hope. Like, okay, like you, you had four losses and here you are about to give birth any day. Bouncing on this ball over here. (laughs) (laughs) Like that, that gives me the hope. Like it it really does. And one of my dear friends um, gave me this necklace. Like, I don't know if you can see it, but it's a little like bar necklace that says hope. Um, Oh, I love that. And this was, like, so important to me because for Christmas, my husband got me a bar necklace that said Mama. um, And he's, like, hit it. I don't know where it is. (laughs) Um, And, like, I don't – my girlfriend didn't know that. Like, so when she gave me this, I just was, like, how cool of this to, like, be a placeholder. Yeah. Until I can wear the other one. Totally. Um, my dog is I'm, growling at me. Can you no, Yeah, that's okay. And what a cool gift, too, for anybody who's listening to this that has a friend or family member who's gone through this. Like, that is a way to support, I think, is, you know, just like the little things like that. Like, the fact that she gave you that necklace that says hope. I think that's really cool. Absolutely. Like, I had girlfriends send me flowers or, like, a Christmas ornament. Like, I, I think that um, is almost more meaningful than, like, yeah, I want to talk to you, but I feel like when you talk about it, people want to fix it. Yeah, and, like, and that's not necessarily what you're looking yeah. for. Totally. Yeah, like you can't you can't fix it. It's, you know, like talk and maybe listen, but I think those little like reminders are mm-hmm. are so important. And I think it's also really important to like find a way to honor your losses, whatever that looks like for you. Um, you know, like we we're not for like what what am I trying to say um we weren't far enough in our pregnancies to know the genders so we didn't like name them or anything Mm -hmm. Um, and then even if that means like like I said one of my girlfriends got me an ornament it's like a little angel and like we'll always put that on our tree and you know remember that and I know you have a tattoo Mm -hmm. and that's something I'm kind of considering um 
like I love the quote, I carry you in my heart. So I maybe thought about getting that and maybe like the birth flowers of like our babies would have been born in June and August. So maybe getting those like flowers, like something that's very personal. Of course, it doesn't have to be a tattoo. It can be an ornament. It can be, I don't know, like a plant or like anything, mm-hmm. like a way to honor those losses because they are important. Absolutely. For sure. So with you sharing your story for the first time, how does it feel? <laughs> it feels good. Like it, it's really therapeutic to talk about. It is. Like even my parents will say, oh gosh, we don't, you know, we don't want to bring it up because we don't want to like make you upset. And I just, I'm like honest, I'm like, I'm thinking about it all the time. Yeah. Like, if you bring it up, like it's not going to be like, oh gosh, I haven't thought about that in a week. It's yeah. Like, um, so so totally. it feels really good. It feels good to talk about it. And I don't know. I feel like it feels good to let other people know, like be an advocate and get blood work done. And maybe there's something wrong. Maybe there isn't. But I would hope that if there was something wrong, you would find out early than having to go through more losses. Yeah. So I hope that I agree. we can have a baby and the Lovenox works and I can give you an update. In a yeah, this is your work. year. Now, if people want to follow along with your story or reach out to you, just as somebody who gets it, where could they find you? I think the best place is Instagram. Um, okay. My Instagram handle is Jess Siddig. Should I spell it? Um, I'll, I'll link it in the description okay. of this podcast. So it'll be really easy for people to just click on it. Perfect. Um, but and thank you so much. Yes. What, what were you going to say? I just was going to say, I, I honestly haven't shared it on social media yet. Yeah. Uh, so that's something that I, I would like to do soon. I don't know what I'm waiting for. Like, I don't, I think it's easier to share your story with strangers. Like, strangers. like obviously yep. everyone who listens to this, like probably doesn't know who I am. And I think there's like peace in putting it out in the world. And I don't know, I would like to share it with, of course, all my friends and family know, but like, Instagram is a much bigger like acquaintance world and I'm like oh I just don't know if I'm ready to share it with them but I want to because people need to understand how common it is Mm -hmm. and when you don't talk about it it's like shameful and having a miscarriage Mm -hmm. isn't shameful like it wasn't your fault you didn't do anything wrong so I think the more we talk about it the more it like normalizes it and will help people to figure out how to have a conversation about it because like it doesn't need to be awkward. And you'll be shocked when you share it how many people you do know that have been through it that will reach out. And it almost is. It's like a a weight lifted off of your shoulders. Um, It's just like it's almost like because you've been like hiding it. I don't know if that's the right word, but that's kind of what it feels like. And then when you open it up, it's like you just let it out. and You're like, like me or leave me. (laughs) I don't care. (laughs) Like I don't know. It's very freeing. (laughs) Absolutely. But no, I'd be happy to answer any questions or like you said, just like talking it out sometimes just feels good. So yeah, just having a almost like a me too person yeah. or like a, I just I get it. Any and if that's somebody on the internet, then that's somebody on the internet. Pretty much yeah. all of mine are people on the internet. So yeah, but thank you so much for jumping on and sharing your story for the first time on our Life After Miscarriage podcast. I will go ahead and I'll link your Instagram in the description along with all the other ways to connect to the Lamb fam. Thank you again, Jess. 
Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend who could find it useful or share it on your Instagram stories. Tag myself, tag my guest so that we can personally thank you. This is a lamb fam, you guys. We're not in this alone. We're creating this ripple effect together. Thank you.